Wow, high portico. Oh, you're all shaking hands still. High portico. There you go. Good morning. So good to have you here. Welcome those of you that are joining us online. You're in Milton, our other video venues, the chapel, all of our campuses. It's a huge day for us. This is one church, one message, many expressions. We're all together in this service right here. Why don't you give yourselves a big hand? This is a great church family. So good to be a part of it. Yeah, and I know sometimes we don't get to see each other, but this is one of the ways when we link in, regardless if we're out in our Milton campus or right here on this campus, we are one church proclaiming the message of Jesus Christ. And I love when you worship, when we come together and we raise our voices like this. Well, it's global missions emphasis for us. The last two weeks, last Sunday, this Sunday, and Foods of the World, last Sunday night, was that not an amazing gathering here at the church? Big hand to hundreds and hundreds of you that prepared food and you made it such... And some of you dressed up, you look so amazing. Fantastic. We'll talk about that a little bit later today. But uh, as we celebrate missions, we don't just come together so that we can focus on ourselves. It's to be reminded of what the heart of God is for our world. So as a church expression together, this year our theme has been called The Regions Beyond that there is a world that goes far beyond our doorstep. There's a world that as far as we can dare to imagine is even possible. God says, I can reach that world with my message of grace. So last Sunday and this Sunday, we take this opportunity just to prepare your hearts, your minds, your spirits, and to give opportunity to respond. Well, I'm really excited today because this is the day that I've been planning for. And when I reached out to our guest speaker, Peter McIntosh, I said, Peter, is there any chance I could get you to come? He's situated in, in Thailand right now. And I said, any chance we could get you to come and join us at Portico? He's been here before. You know his heart. You love him. And when Peter said yes, I was so thrilled because on this Sunday, as we culminate all of our expression together, to have his voice challenge and stir our hearts. Just a little bit of background. Peter and Sandra, they went over, they took up the role to be directors of the South Asia with the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, our missions expression. So they're serving in Bangkok, Thailand. A little transition, and he'll tell you about that. But it was 10 years ago, it was back in 2005, almost 11 years ago, really, that they responded to the call to go, and they did. And they have been leading with such tremendous leadership example, and we appreciate that so much. You have served in, you've helped lead out those that we support. They oversee about 105 of our global workers. Sandra started an international school of missions, and it's where youth and young adults come, and they're trained, and they're prepared, and they work alongside of ministries and global workers. So they have their fingers on the very heartbeat, the pulse of what God is doing. So when we talk about the regions beyond... I knew Peter was the guy to come and speak to us. So here's what I need you to do. I want you to give him the best portico welcome you can possibly give. So put your hands together. Thank him for being here, Peter. Welcome to Portico. (laughs) Great to have you here, buddy. Thank you so much. All right, enjoy. Well, good morning, everyone. It is such an honor to be here with you on your World Global Impact Emphasis Sunday. And I just want to begin by, by thanking you on behalf of some of the team uh, that you support that, that serve in South and East Asia. Uh, you, you support and pray for the Baker family that are in Malaysia. You support and pray for the Shah family in India, for the Silva family in Sri Lanka, for the Sonnenberg in Japan. These are fantastic families who are doing amazing work, but they can't do it by themselves. So you have sown into their lives, you pray for them, you encourage them, you support them, and by doing that, from here in Mississauga, you're actually reaching your arms 
around the world. So thank you on behalf of my friends for your love and care for them. It's just such, such an awesome thing to partner together. Just really briefly to brush up against what, what Pastor Doug mentioned. So we live in Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, we've lived there for 10 and a half years. We have three seasons there, hot, hotter, and hottest. And so when I got up this morning and went out from where I was staying to the car, there was like, there was frost on my car that I had. I had to scrape it off and I kind of missed that. And so, so actually not because of that, but we're transitioning uh, from Thailand back to Canada in mid-May where I'm taking up responsibilities as, as team lead at uh, Bethel Church in Ottawa. So if you're going to come back to Canada and get really cold, that's kind of the place to go. So that's where we're going. So we appreciate you praying for us for that transition and appreciate you praying for all the global workers that you support all around the world. Thank you for participating in the kingdom of God. And thanks, Pastor Doug for having me here today. It's really an honor to be with you here at Portico. Let's turn our Bible, shall we, to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Can we stand together, please, in honor of God's word? Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15. Let me read the Bible to you this morning. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Let's pray together, shall we? Lord, we do thank you for the opportunity to be together in this place. We thank you, O God, for the presence of your spirit. We've gathered together in Jesus' name. Therefore, he is here with us. And I just pray by your spirit that you touch our lives today, open our eyes to see you, open our ears to hear your voice, and open our hearts to receive all that your spirit wants to say to us. And we ask this in the powerful and holy name of Jesus. And we said together in faith, amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15, the call of the nations. Let me tell you about a young adult I met a few years ago. He goes into isolated villages in Africa. He takes a bullhorn, a backpack full of gospel tracts, and an interpreter. He walks into the heart of the village, and because he's a stranger, a crowd starts to gather, and he puts his hand into his backpack. He takes a fistful of tracts. He throws them into the air. They flutter to the ground like leaves in the fall. More people come, and when enough people have come, he then shares with them the good news of Jesus. And I said, that's amazing. What happens then? And he said, well, sometimes they're very open. Sometimes they invite me to come back. Sometimes they're a little bit hesitant, and sometimes they're hostile. He said, I have actually run out of villages with arrows whipping by my head. And I said, you must have had the most supernatural, handwriting on the wall, call of God to do what you do. And he looked at me and he said, call? Jesus said, go. That's all the call I need. That's all the call I need. And that's all the call you need. And God has some global priorities. So let's simply let the Lord speak. Psalm 22. All the ends of the earth will remember 
and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Psalm 96. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among his all peoples. Say among the nations, the Lord, he reigns. And we get this irresistible feeling that God's priority is that his name and his fame will be declared to the nations. And he gives us two options. We can go or we can send, but we can't be indifferent. There is a call. So today, let's listen together to the call of the nations. It's an inclusive call. It was 40 days after Jesus was raised from the dead. He met with his disciples one last time on the Mount of Olives, and he shared his final words. Now, last words are important. If you had one chance to say final words to the people closest to you, what would you say? Starbucks is better than Hortons? Or this year the Leafs are going to go all the way. They're going to take the cup. No, you'd say something of real significance. Well, here are Jesus' last words just before he ascended into heaven. Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of of the earth. Acts chapter 10 is just a few weeks after Jesus shared his last words. The apostle Peter is on the roof of a house in Joppa. He's waiting for dinner to be made. And as he's waiting, he has a vision. In this vision, it says, he he sees this sheet coming down from heaven. And in this sheet are all kinds of animals which are not lawful for a Jewish person to eat. And a voice comes out of heaven, says, Peter, kill it and eat. Three times it happens. And three times he says, but I'm a good Jewish boy. I've only eaten kosher all my life. The point was that the good news is for everyone. Peter thought that the kingdom of God was an exclusive club with no non-Jews allowed. And it really is strange because Peter was there on the Mount of Olives He heard Jesus' last words, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And he was there on the day of Pentecost. And the wind came and the fire came and the spirit came and power to witness came. He preached on that day and he saw 3,000 people come to Christ. He saw the lame man healed at the temple gate. He experienced the miraculous and then he stopped. And then... He stopped. At an early point, the first followers of Jesus, they show a reluctance to step beyond their comfort zone. They know Jerusalem. It's comfortable. Why go anywhere or to anyone else? Why go to the regions beyond? There are lots of lost people in Jerusalem. And I think they thought that Jesus said, You will be witnesses in Jerusalem or Judea or Samaria or the ends of the earth. And that they could pick and choose where they wanted to bring the love of Christ. And we sometimes do the same. I want you to know today 
that God has an awesome plan for your life. Every person in this auditorium, God has an awesome plan for your life. But it doesn't end there. God has an awesome plan for your school and your workplace, but it doesn't end there. God has an awesome plan for this city, but it doesn't end there. God has an awesome plan for this nation, but it doesn't end there. God has an awesome plan for the entire world because God's love and his grace and his his mercy are so huge that only a global plan is large enough. And somehow, each of us need to decide before the Lord how we're going to bring his love to the nations and how we will make them his disciples. Can you hear it? Can you hear it this morning? It's the call of the nations. And it is an inclusive call. It's also a costly call. Adoniram Judson was a pastor's kid. Now, with a name like Adoniram, you know he's got to be from back in the day. He knew us. He went off to college, and like so many young adults, he lost his faith, and he broke his parents' hearts. So they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed, and through sovereign circumstances, he came back to Jesus. He was called to go as a missionary to Burma, present-day Myanmar. His father-in-law said, you won't come back alive. Just try to be encouraging as a father-in-law sometimes can be. And his response was, we don't intend to. February 19th, 1812. He sailed with his wife for Burma from America. It took four months to get to India. They had immigration problems in Calcutta. Something's never changed. So they stayed there for a year. They went to Burma. His wife miscarried their first child. It took 12 years to win 18 people to Jesus. His wife died delivering their third child who also died. Judson was imprisoned, he was beaten, but he kept sharing the love of Jesus. And when he died, he left a translation of the Bible, 100 churches, and over 8,000 believers. There are now 1 million believers in the fellowship he started. 1 million. But it sure cost something. In 2012, Peter and Cavell Dove and their three boys left the relative comfort of Bangkok and they moved to Yangon, Myanmar. Most of their belongings were damaged by water in transit. Myanmar was on the edge of normalizing relations with the West that resulted in soaring property prices and soaring commodity prices. The house that they rented cost five times the price paid by the previous tenants. When they first moved to Yangon, a SIM card for cell phones cost 1,000 US dollars. Maybe Telus isn't so bad after all. They faced some health issues, but they persevered. Peter started working with young adults on campuses and is now reaching emerging leaders in that nation. Caval with some friends started the Yangon Bakehouse, which gives previously exploited women skills to ensure a bright future. There are massive shifts happening in Myanmar, even as we speak, and the doves are strategically placed. But it still costs something. And this isn't anything new. Jesus himself 
made it very clear in Luke chapter 9. Then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. And that doesn't sound easy. And that doesn't sound cheap. Whoever told us that when we became a follower of Jesus, we could then just sit back and coast through heaven's gates, had no idea of the cost to serve Jesus and to bring the love of Jesus to the world. So I echo the call of Jesus to die to self every day. And I call you, I call you to get a fresh passion for God's kingdom. And I call you to be radically committed to Jesus and his cause of spreading his love across this world. Can you hear it? Can you hear it today? It's the call of the nations. And it is a costly call. It's also a transforming call. Let me tell you some stories of transformation. Let me take you to Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is a teardrop-shaped island just off the southern tip of India. It has 22 million people. The majority are Buddhists with a strong Hindu minority. Sri Lanka is famous for its tea plantations and its fine Ceylon tea. We love drinking Ceylon tea. Sri Lanka is infamous for a civil war that lasted from 1983 until 2009 and resulted in approximately 100,000 deaths and untold horrors and hardships for the Sri Lankan people. Let me tell you about Raju, who lived through the horrors of the war. Raju's a Tamil. He comes from the northern part of Sri Lanka. When he was 12 years of age, he was at home with his family, and an artillery shell landed right on his home, and it killed his entire family. He was the only one that survived. As a teenaged orphan, 12 years old, he was forced to join the Tamil Tigers, and he became a fighter. And he fought for years. In the last year of the Civil War, he stepped on a landmine. It blew up, and he barely survived, and he lost both his legs. When the war ended, he had nothing. And he ended up living under a tarp in a village for displaced persons. He was angry. Really angry that no matter what he did, the Hindu gods just couldn't help him. And so he turned to alcohol to to numb his physical pain and to numb his spiritual pain. Then along came a man named Stephen, one of our PAOC global workers. He went to Raju's village where he met Raju and he told him about the love of Jesus. Stephen told Raju that if he prayed, God would hear him. So a few months later, Raju finds himself stranded at midnight in a town many kilometers from his village. He couldn't hobble the distance home. He had no food. He had nowhere to sleep. So he remembered what Stephen had said about God hearing him if he prayed. So he prayed, God, if you're real, send me a ride. If you're real. Within five minutes, out of nowhere... A car comes by and stops right by Raju. The driver rolls down the window and said, do you need a ride anywhere? I think on the side it had Angel Cab Company or something like that was on there. I think it did. And so he got a ride home. 
Raju got a ride and was convinced that God had heard him and that God is real. And so he gave his life to Jesus. Since then, he's felt called to ministry and is right now helping Stephen with a church plant in his village. And our team is working in Sri Lanka. We're doing church planting and theological education, ESL outreach, and children's ministry. I want you to hear today, here in Mississauga, that in Sri Lanka, God is moving by his spirit and lives are being transformed. Well, let's go east. Let's go east to Cambodia. April 17th, 1975, the Khmer Rouge marched into the capital, Phnom Penh. They were hailed as liberators, but within days, their true colors were seen. The plan of Pol Pot, their leader, was to turn Cambodia into a utopian communist nation of rice farmers. The revolution became paranoid about possible dissenters, so from 1975 until 1979, nearly two million Cambodians disappeared or were killed. That's one-third of the entire population. Just outside of Phnom Penh is a place called Chang Ek. Chang Ek is one of those, those infamous killing fields. And if you were ever to go to that place, as you, you walked in that macabre area, you would see bones and clothing from the mass graves still working their way up out of the ground. An entire generation was lost. Into this situation ministers Sampa. Let me tell you his story. Sampa was just a teenager when the Khmer Rouge came for his family. He escaped into the jungle, and as he was going into the jungle, he looked back just in time to see his entire family being butchered. He lived off the land for years, and when he came out of the jungle, he was bitter. He hated everyone. He especially hated God. But God relentlessly pursues, and God is faithful. And God sent an American missionary to him, and so the missionary walked up to Sampa and said, can I come to your hut and can we talk? And Sampa thought he's going to have some fun with this, this white foreign guy. He said, yeah, you, you come, you come, and I'll give you some authentic rural Cambodian food. Amazing. So the missionary goes to his hut, he sits down, and Sampa comes out and he places before him some authentic rural Cambodian food, which means frogs on sticks and deep-fried cockroaches and other insects. And he said, please, enjoy. Well, the missionary, he doesn't want to offend Sampa, so he, he starts to eat. He's only eaten spaghetti and hamburgers his entire life. So he's trying to eat this stuff, he's, he's fighting to keep it down, but in the midst of the gagging, he actually begins to share about Jesus. Sampa's laughing, this is amazing, this is so good. Look at this guy trying to eat this stuff, it's amazing. You come back. He came back. He had some more frogs on a stick and some more deep-fried cockroaches. But he also shared the love of Jesus. And the Spirit drilled down into that hard, bitter, angry heart. And Sam Pa gave his life to Jesus. And he felt called to go to ministry, so he went to Bible college. Then he planted a church, but that wasn't enough. He's now planted dozens of churches, but that's not enough. He opened 12 schools with a total enrollment of over 1,600 kids. The average evangelical rate in Cambodia is 0.1%. 
In his area, it is 12%. That is 120 times the national average. And our team is working in Cambodia. We're working in partnership with six other Pentecostal groups. We're teaching at the Bible calls. We're doing campus outreach, providing relief for poor pastors, planting churches, caring for kids, reaching out to those in the sex industry. I want you to hear today that in Cambodia, God is moving by his spirit and lives are being changed. They are. Let's make one more stop. Let's travel further east. Let's go to the Philippines. The Philippines, with over 100 million people, has a fascinating and sometimes tragic history. It was a Spanish colony for over 300 years. The United States bought the islands from Spain for $20 million. In 1898, it was a real bargain. And the Philippines came under U.S. dominance. The islands were invaded by the Japanese in the Second World War. And by the end of the war, over 1 million Filipinos had died. 1946, the Philippines became an independent country. This varied history is mirrored in the religious complexion of the country. So the Philippines is a mixture of Catholicism and Protestant expressions and folk religions and superstitions and cults. It's a place where, you won't believe this, but every year some people are actually nailed to crosses to reenact the crucifixion of Jesus, including one man who has been crucified 28 times as thanks since surviving the fall in 1986. It's also a place where Balut is a delicacy. Anyone know what Balut is? Yeah, those that know are laughing right now. So Balut is fertilized duck egg. So you crack open the egg, and inside is a little duckling with a beak and the feathers and little, little web feet. And, and I'm told it's, it, it's really, really good And every time I'm there, they try to get me to eat it. And they say it's especially good if you put salt and vinegar on it. I guess it's salt and vinegar chicks. I guess you'd say that. Okay. All right. This is a jet lag. But but it's high in cholesterol, so I I have to decline every time. I just can't. It's going to drive my LDL way up. It's going to be just really, really, really bad. In this place, ministers Lyndall Valdhusen and Noah's Ark. Ten hours north of Manila sits Benawi. It's nestled among the rice terraces that were carved out of the mountains over 2,000 years ago. 25 years ago, Linda went for just one year to help two friends who were caring for kids. They had a little room in a building just clinging to the side of a cliff. After a year, the two friends left, and Linda decided to stay until some replacements came. She's still serving, and she's still waiting. About 12 years ago, Linda built a new facility for Noah's Ark overlooking the valley below. We recently celebrated 25 years of ministry in Benawi, during which time Noah's Ark has been home to over 200 kids. It's given an education to over 650 children, and it has seen 40 students graduate from university. Noah's Ark helps orphans and abandoned and malnourished and disabled and educationally disadvantaged children. Children whom the government is simply unable to help. And our team is working in the Philippines, reaching kids and doing slum ministry, and providing training for abandoned young people involved in church planting. In the Philippines, I want you to hear this today. In the Philippines, God is moving by his spirit 
and lives. They're being changed. So many other great stories of transformation. I could tell you about an HIV AIDS children's home in Thailand where the kids' life expectancy has greatly increased because of the love of Jesus and the love of our team there. I could tell you about church planting networks in Japan, about leadership training in Nepal, about ministry to women in the sex industry in India, about theological education in Indonesia, about outreach to Muslims in Bangladesh. So many stories of transformation. So many stories. And what about us? What about you? What about me? We've all received the inclusive, costly, transforming call. Are we transforming this city? Are we transforming this nation? Are we transforming our homes and our schools and our businesses? Are we transforming our world and the world in which we live? Are we? I want you to know today that through Christ, you can transform the world and your world right here at home. You can. I've shared this quote before, but it's so powerfully kingdom priority focused. I just need to share it again. Let's listen to what Bill Hybel says. Give your life for this. Give all the money you can give. Give all the service you can give. Give all the prayer you can give. Give whatever you have to give because for all eternity, you'll look back over your shoulder and be glad you did. Give whatever you have to give because for all eternity, you'll look back over your shoulder and be glad you did. What we do now, what we do today echoes in eternity. So will we respond? So will we answer? It's an inclusive call. It includes all of us because all of us are needed to reach everyone. It's a costly call. It will require sacrifice and dying to self. It's a transforming call. Through the power of the Spirit, the world around us can be transformed. Portico is such an awesome church. And I know you care. And I know you give. And I know you're involved. But are we willing to sacrifice even more? Do you hear it? Do you hear it today? We're being called. And it's the call of the nations. Let's pray together, shall we? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for that call. Because, Lord, at one time we were far from you. And your spirit drew us and called us. And, Lord, we thank you that when you call us, you don't call us to come and sit on the sidelines and watch the game. Lord, you call us to be part of what's happening, part of your kingdom, part of your plan. So, God, I pray in Jesus' name that you continue to raise up this great congregation. I pray, oh God, that you continue to call people out of this congregation and send them internationally, oh God. I pray in Jesus' name that you call people out of this congregation and just send them across the street. And, Lord, help us to realize that when we see people walking down the street and when we see people serving in a restaurant... That's not just another person. That's someone for whom you died 
And we are called to take your news to them. So God, bless this church. Bless the leadership of this church. Thank you for the creative vision that they have. Thank you for the amazing work that they do. Well, Lord, I pray that you would take them to a new level. Just, just move it up, I pray. In the spirit, just move it up, I pray. And Lord, continue to use this church to reach the regions beyond for your glory, for your honor. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.